So we're in the middle of a series on hospitality, and one of the things that I wanted to do was have conversations with people about uh, the practice and posture of hospitality. This conversation was really about um, what does it mean to be somebody who's hospitable in a different context? What does it mean to be a stranger? Uh, what are some of the things that get in the way of hospitality? And, um, but I really hope that you, that you enjoy hearing from others about their own practice of living into God's um, incredible, generous welcome. So this morning, well, actually, it's morning for me. Beards, this is Mike and Michelle Beard with me. It's not morning for you. What time is it? It is 8 p.m. in Hanoi. All right. So 8 p.m. Vietnam time, 6 a.m. Long Beach time. And um, you may know Mike and Michelle. They probably probably look familiar to you. But uh, in case you don't, they are, they've been part of Grace for a very long time. They're part of our, our global partners. Um, and they've, they've been in, in different places from Kyrgyzstan to Vietnam and and I thought, you know, as we're talking about the hospitality, they came to mind immediately as people I'd love to hear from on that topic. And, and not just about the topic so much of, of having like an abstract conversation, but really like, uh, what does it look like on the ground? Like, what are some of the actual ways in which uh, Mike and Michelle and their family um, have been hospitable and have had a posture of openness toward others. But, but kind of forward jumping into that, Mike and Michelle. Um, so you, you have four children. Remind us of their names, of people who do not know. And then also maybe it's some of your journey from, from Grace Long Beach to the work that God has called you to do. Sure. Uh, yeah, so we have, yeah, as you said, four children. They're all adults. Uh, three of them are actually in California. Uh, and one lives here with us. So our oldest is our daughter, Ellen, um, and she's working in Southern California. Um, and then our next uh, child is Evan, and he actually lives with us here in Vietnam. Uh, and then our son, Colin, uh, who uh, maybe some of you have experienced this already, but he had a COVID wedding uh, this year. So uh, we joined him by Zoom uh, for his COVID wedding. And so we have a daughter-in-law now, Wendy. Uh, and then our youngest uh, son is Andrew, and he is in uh, university at Azusa Pacific. So, yeah. And uh, what was the other part of the question? Oh, yeah. The other oh. part was, yeah. So now, yeah, why don't you start with that? It's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> Way back in, uh, basically, yeah, after we got married in uh, 1990, we, um, we, were looking, we were living in Long Beach, looking for a church, and um, yeah, our good friends, Ted and Kaylin Offit, were attending Grace at that time, and so they invited us to attend, and yeah, we attended one Sunday and just kept going. The next 10 years, we were very involved um, at Grace. A few of those years, we actually were volunteer leaders for Action Company, so some of you mm -hmm. out there, maybe Ooh, we're that's students. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, that was a really great time, really kind of our first time sort of like being on a team with the other, mm -hmm. you know, leaders and uh, really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. And then uh, basically yeah, 1999 is when we, um, we left for uh, Southern Kyrgyzstan and we were there for 10 years. We were back uh, Grace for a year uh, after we had spent that 10 years there. We stayed a whole year uh, living in uh, Lakewood. Um, just plugging back in with Grace for that time. And that was a really special time as well. And then mm -hmm. um, after that, uh, headed to Vietnam and we've been here for 10 years. So, yeah. Wonderful. Um, yeah. And so thinking about your journey and where God has taken you and, you know, I reached out and I let you guys know that we've been um, in a series on hospitality, really exploring what is it, what does God's welcome look like? What, what does it look like to follow or live into that type of welcome as we extend ourselves and open ourselves uh, to others. And I guess the, to start things off around that topic uh, is really the question of like how you both understand like the posture and practice of hospitality, just kind of in a general sense. How do you get, yeah, what do you, how do you think about it? Huh. I mean, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind, if you say the word hospitality kind of in general, I just think about, our home. I think about meals. I think about having people in our home. Um, 
I think about conversations that happen kind of during, mm-hmm. during those times. Um, yeah, that's sort of the first thing that comes to my mind when, when we sort of think about that, that phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, um, I just get, it's more of a, more of a picture and it's, it's just more of the, the idea of an opening up, um, whether it's your home, whether it's your, uh, yourself, um, whether it's, um, what, what you're doing in life. Um, I think, yeah, just for me the just that image of, of opening, opening up, uh, is, is this idea of hospitality. So. And I, I would, I mean, assume that that's, in some ways, even if it's not so explicit, shaped your ministry and and the work that that God has called you to do. So not only are you are you our global partners uh, and connected to Grace Long Beach, but it's um, you've started your own business, uh, Simple Coffee, right in in Vietnam, but the, and also a, a nonprofit, Amago Work. Uh, and so, do you that that idea of and that picture of opening up? Um, how has that played a role in, in some of those other things that, that you have been doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think we've been on a journey with that too. I feel like kind of the earlier years when we had our house full of kids and, um, was kind of like the focus was more like in our home, like, like Mm -hmm. having people in our home, it was easier to do things in our home, um, so like we always tried to have like an extra room. We always had a guest room where we always had like extra blankets or extra, you know, places at the table. Um, so kind of those earlier years were, I would say like our house was characterized by like mm-hmm. being full of people all the time, you know, and yeah. <laughs> hosting things and having <laughs> right. people over. And, um, and then it's interesting now we've, you know, we're kind of some years down the road now living in Vietnam, our family has all grown up, you know, kids have moved out our home. Mm-hmm is not so much the center, but now it seems like we're entering into this different season of like, of that, like welcoming, embracing of people in the community here that mm-hmm. aren't maybe normally um, brought into communities. So in that, in our case specifically, it means we're working with um, young adults that have intellectual disabilities. Um, some of that comes from uh, just our own experience with having a son that has Down syndrome and seeing him grow up and just seeing how, um, just how great it was for him to always feel included, you know, always be a part of all the activity, whatever was going Mm -hmm. on in our home, whatever was happening. I think from just day one of welcoming him into our family, we were like, he's, we're just going to treat him like everyone else, you know? (laughs) So just kind of that, that idea of, of that. And even just, um, everywhere we went, even I was just thinking back to even today, as we were thinking about talking with you, our time when we were back there and the boys were involved with action company, which just like, assumed like, well, Ed's going to action company too, and he's going to be fine and they're going to take care of him. And so I think it's been neat to see our own journey. I did not, I didn't actually expect us to be involved with this, um, type of ministry necessarily, which is weird. You kind of think that that would be obvious, but it really wasn't something that been on our heart as much Mm -hmm. we're all about you know kind of taking care of all of our kids but then now we find ourselves in this new season and um it's just pretty neat to see how we can kind of meet this niche need Mm -hmm. in the community here with just this idea of like being able to welcome these individuals into community into workplaces Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah and i think on the for the coffee shop um we have, I mean, it's, it's one of these like, you know, taglines that, you know, for a business tagline, there's a dime a dozen, but we, we actually have a tagline for simple coffee. That is this, uh, it says coffee brings people together. Um, and that's been our whole posture with the coffee shop is that we've had, we've wanted it to be a space of welcome, um, a space where people could come in. Uh, from the outside, from whatever it is that they're, they're, they, they need to leave behind for a little bit uh, and come into a space that's, that's, um, that's beautiful, that's, uh, that's relaxing, that's um, where other people are, where they can gather with other people. Um, and so it's just this idea of community. And I think mm-hmm. um, 
welcoming isn't welcoming you can't do with one person um you have to have other people involved in order to welcome and so that's kind of this idea with the coffee shop was we wanted a space where people could go and they could feel welcome you know we mm -hmm. we often like liken it to the uh, the old you know uh, cheers tv show where you want to go where everybody knows your name you know mm -hmm. and that's kind of the idea that we had for the, the coffee shop is we wanted a space where people could go and 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 other people know them there uh, and they're, they're, they're brought in to this community. Uh, even if it's just for a short period of time, uh, they can sit down, they can have a cup of coffee uh, and they can have a, a space where they feel uh, brought in and they feel welcomed. Yeah. I love that idea of, of welcome, not taking a different shape when there's more people involved than just one. Like, I think that that's, I don't think I've, I've considered that or put that together so explicitly. I'm wondering, so is, is that's kind of uh, working itself out in, in some of the, the vision of what you guys are doing, what, like what fruit have you seen from that as people do come together over coffee or um, in Imago work as, as people with intellectual disabilities have, have found a space, um, not, not to just be welcome, but to contribute. I feel like that's part of your, like, a big part of what you're doing as well. Like, how have you seen um, God at work there in that type of welcome? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting work. We're, so Imago work is a fairly new um, development. You know, we're just in our eighth week of, of launching. Wow. We launched in September. Some of you remember we were, you know, back mm -hmm. um, in California last year talking about getting it launched and this, this huge effort of prayer and um, yep. lots of healing, obviously, but like um, now that we're into it eight weeks, it's it's been amazing to see the, the families that God brought into mm -hmm. um, into the training. So it's not just the students. Our students are between 15 and 29, range of different types of disabilities. Um, a lot of them were maybe in school, have had some kind of traumatic experiences because they just were in places that didn't really know how to welcome them or how to teach them. And so now they're in this, um, in this place every day, just um, hearing um, how much they're loved, how much they're valued, how much dignity they have, and um, just kind of over and over hearing that. And then them going home to their somehow it's getting back to their families who mm -hmm. are just kind of like what's going on over there like <laughs> what are you mm -hmm. doing to our children no in a good way yeah. um, and that's been really um and sometimes I'm like well we're just kind of being ourselves right it's but it's because we have a light of Christ in us and they're mm -hmm. they're seeing that and um, not just me it's the teachers that work with us um the other uh, staff at Simple Coffee they're involved with our students and um yeah it's um just I feel like we're just at the beginning. I don't mm -hmm. really even know how I, I'm still trying to figure out like, how does God communicate with someone who has an intellectual disability, you know, in their spirit and mm -hmm. helping them to shape really knowing him. Um, but um, yeah, it's just, it's weird. We've been here 10 years, you know, and, you, and we kind of feel like, Oh, this is what we came for. This is what we came for was to be kind of this, uh, this, this light or this presence be able to connect with these these mm -hmm. families and, and mm -hmm. yeah we yeah. to see something different yeah and i think another aspect of that is even in the name of imago work mm -hmm. imago is based on the uh based on the, the the phrase imago day the image of god um and i think it's that's really important because that's where kind of the welcome begins it doesn't begin with us it begins with god uh, God is the first one to welcome us. Um, he, he, you know, he brought uh, the first humans into the garden and he welcomes them. Um, and then he um, uh, is continually, even after the fall, going after people and inviting them back and, and welcoming, welcoming them back in. Um, and so just that, that image of, of us bearing the image of God. Uh, is this, we're, we're bearing this, this image uh, of, of a God who welcomes, um, you know, uh, and, and it's a powerful thing uh, when we, uh, way back, even before we started uh, Imago work, we started connecting with some families that had 
some children with disabilities. And we um, would, uh, you know, some of the families that we would talk to, we would, um, we would just say simple things like your child is a gift, you know, that uh, God, God loves this child. God uh, wants to do something uh, in this child's life uh, that is unique, that is, is going to be a contribution to this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was uh, a, a really revolutionary message for a lot of parents because it's not the message they were getting from the culture around them or the community around them. A lot of the messages that they were getting were more messages of exclusion. They were, they were messages of, uh, you must have done something wrong in your family to have a child like this, you know, or um, messages of shame, you know. Uh, and so, so yeah, just the, the image of God, that message itself is this message of, no, God, God loves us and he, and he created us and, uh, and, he, and he wants everyone, regardless of their abilities, um, to, uh, to feel welcomed in his presence. So, yeah. What, yeah, that's, I'm so moved by that. I'm also, yeah, and what's amazing is, that Michelle, you said you'd been there for 10 years and you're kind of discovering now the work that you <laughs> are true. called to do. And it yeah, just makes me supporting that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think what I, that's, that just seems so right, right? Because to have a posture of, of welcome and openness, that seems to be what we're called to do. And, and it's not always cl- clear how God might use that or where that might lead. Like the, the posture of obedience is simply to have, to extend God's welcome. And, and then, and it's over time that one might discover like what that actually includes and all of the ways life needs to shape, be shaped in order to accommodate that, that obedience. And that just, it's great. It's, it's so not, um, you know what? I have this vision. I have this idea and I'm going to place it on, on top of this and it's mine and it's my thing. Rather, this is kind of God's, God's work, God's doing. And, and then it becomes, yeah, it becomes shaped and, and formed over time. And, and it sounds like, I mean, that sounds some of what you're describing, right? Is that, is that an accurate kind of idea picture of it? Well, it's kind of interesting is I feel like that describes actually kind of our two experiences, like our earlier experience when we went out first to a place, you know, like Kyrgyzstan, we, we were young, we had our plans, you know, we were coming with, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to do the, these things and, and we know what this place needs. And it was actually over time that we found that as we just allowed ourselves to be hosted by them, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that we realized oh, actually what we thought they needed, that's not what they're really needing. Mm -hmm. They need these other things. And so I think coming into Vietnam, we came with a different posture. It was more like we're coming in as learners. We're coming in to be hosted by them. We're coming in to serve and to find out what what are the needs, you know? And Mm -hmm. so at the beginning, that meant coming in as English teachers because that's what they wanted, you know? And, And then over time, it kind of evolved into this. So it is, it's just this really cool thing to just see God doing his thing. He's building his kingdom Mm -hmm. and we get to fit into that, you know, wherever he has us. Um, Yeah. And it's actually pretty cool too, because like we have a lot of young um, Vietnamese people who work in our shop and who are not yet followers of Christ, but they watch everything, you know, and they see, you know, they see how we're interacting Mm -hmm. with the the young people that we work with, seeing how we bring them into the shop, how we, you know, just treat them with dignity and respect and it's mm-hmm. impacting them. And wow. you know, it's like learning how to, it's almost like they're kind of learning how to be in the kingdom. They're practicing what it looks like to be kingdom followers, mm-hmm. even though they're not quite there yet, but they're getting that exposure. And mm-hmm. so we just believe that that's how God brings people along, especially in a place like Asia where, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it's God's working in his timing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. You said that um, changing the the posture, the mindset from being a host to being hosted to being a guest, and it does strike me that you've had a lot of opportunities to be 
where you have been the stranger uh, mm -hmm. and where you have been the guest. And I'm curious how, yeah, how that has impacted or shaped whether how you think about hospitality or just as you think about God's welcome. Mm -hmm. I just keep thinking of living in a Pacific neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we lived in Kyrgyzstan. We've ended up buying a house in the middle of a Uzbek neighborhood. So Kyrgyzstan mm -hmm. is mixed with Kurt people from, you know, they're Kyrgyz and Uzbek in an Uzbek neighborhood and you move in, the neighborhoods are kind of delineated into different houses belong to a certain neighborhood. It's designated and you are in there, you are part of everything. You get invited mm -hmm. to all the weddings, mm -hmm. you get to be the funerals, like, you know, um, but I just remember being hosted by them and like the way they would serve the food, you know, just like so much abundance, even though mm -hmm. they didn't have anything, you know, and they would just lay it all out there. And so, it's very humbling coming from a country that has a lot, you know, and I certainly wasn't hosting quite like that, you know, so um, just kind of being able to learn from that, you know, giving out of, out of whatever you have, you know. Mm -hmm. Was it disorienting at first being? Oh, wait, what'd you say? I just I realized I kind of forgot what question I was answering. <laughs> I just kind of got oh. this like, I was remembering. Yeah. No, you were answering it. Yeah, you were okay. absolutely answering. Like, what is it? What is it like to be the guest, and how does that shape kind of your ideas of hospitality? And then when you were when you were talking, one of the things that came up came to mind was, um, is that is that disorienting? Like, is it disorienting coming from a place like North America, right, where often uh, hosting is a one way it's a one way thing? You we invite people in our home, or we have things to give. And here you and and then you're kind of thrown into a position where you're receiving. Like, is that it? Was that disorienting? Did that that require some sort of I don't know? Yeah. Very humbling, very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what we were doing, and you know, just yeah. like awkward. Yeah, there were a lot of times where, especially you know, crossing cultures and then uh, and then having language barriers. Um, those initial times of of being the guest, uh, being hosted by people. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very uncomfortable um, to be the, to be the guest uh, because you're not sure, you know, what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do, where you're supposed to sit, what you're supposed to eat. Like when is, even when is the dinner over? <laughs> uh, yeah. All those kind of cues, like, like we didn't know any of those uh, going into these uh, situations. And so, as soon as you get comfortable with, you know, with the, you know, uh, the Uzbek way of doing dinner, and then you get hosted at a Kyrgyz family, it's totally different. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you, and then you get hosted at, uh, at weddings as well. And what are all the rituals and all of the, um, um, you know, uh, cultural things that are part of the wedding that are part of being a guest at a wedding. Um, those are all things that, um, that we just, yeah, we had to learn, um, and there wasn't like a guidebook or anything. Um, and you learn by by making a bunch of mistakes. Um, but the great thing, you know, where we lived in Kyrgyzstan, uh, and and true here in Vietnam as well, um, is uh, the people hosting us uh, very. They understood. They looked past the mistakes. They weren't uh, upset. Like, why don't you know this? You know, uh, and so. Uh, and so there is that a little bit of a dance, you know, you're, where you're, you're starting to dance and then you're stepping on your partner's toes, uh, but your partner's just happy to dance with you. So they're, they're okay with you stepping on, on their toes every now and then. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it is, it is a bit of a uncomfortable, uh, but after, after time, uh, you learn the dance um, and it becomes uh, very enjoyable, you know, to, to, because you know how to be the guest, you know how to, uh, be hosted, uh, and it becomes something that is this really beautiful reciprocal relationship because sometimes you get to be the guest and sometimes you get to host. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, that's where it really gets to be, yeah, a beautiful thing. So I think that's kind of one of the most important points you made about hospitality is a reciprocal thing because mm -hmm. I think about like we we're like we gotta invite people into our home, and then mm -hmm. like for them it'll be like so uncomfortable, you know, they like don't know. <laughs> right. What, you know, to do in an American house or we have like weird food. And so often 
we finally clued in like actually it's better for us to like get ourselves invited into other people's homes mm -hmm. i think that's wherever you are i feel like like getting ourselves into their space where they're mm -hmm. where they feel comfortable and then they can like you know just relax mm -hmm. and have those conversations and feel like they're the ones giving mm -hmm. so in a way like yeah like almost like flipping the hospitality to be mm -hmm. like allow ourselves to be hosted it helps people to feel comfortable mm -hmm. you know feel like they're giving mm -hmm. yeah make what one of the things that that one of the questions I wanted to ask was about like what you would imagine or consider the barriers to hospitality would be and that posture of welcome. And you named some about that being, that being uncomfortable and not really knowing the, the rules, so to speak, or what it looks like to be on somebody else's uh, turf and um, with their constraints or with their ways of doing things. As you think about hospitality and welcome, even in your own work and where God has taking you, like what do you think some barriers to being to being open and to living into God's welcome? Like what, yeah, what can often get in the way? Either in your life, it could be personal or just even as you've observed um, others and kind of observed from a distance us uh, in North America. Yeah, I would say what what initially comes to my mind as a barrier is just our own, um, we tend to filter things from our perspective and our worldview. Um, and that gets magnified when you, when you uh, cross cultures because then you're starting to, you're filtering everything through your own culture. Um, and so that really does get in the way with, with hospitality um, because um, you start getting um, you can, you can start to get really critical. I remember like our first few years living overseas, I would be super like, well, that's a dumb way to do things, you know, uh, or, you know, that why don't they do it this way? Like we do it in America, you know? Uh, and so, so just that mentality, it, it closes you off, um, to people. Um, it closes you off to be able to welcome people into your space. Um, and part of that uncomfortableness is that, is that people do things differently. Uh, they speak differently, not just language wise, but, um, you know, they, they, they communicate with each other um, with, you know, uh, different accents uh, in terms of social, social life and social cues and things like that. Um, and if you just, if you're going in and filtering everything through your own personal perspective or your own cultural perspective or your own, um, you know, as Christians, filtering everything through our own Christian perspective, even, um, then we, 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 we end up, um, by default sort of putting up these walls mm -hmm. that people aren't able to get through. Um, and so, uh, so part of taking down those walls is, is, um, not forsaking everything you believe in, uh, but, but sort of, uh, suspending, uh, sort mm -hmm. of your, your perspective and suspending maybe your judgment on things uh, until you can let the other people come in and see what's really going on and, mm -hmm. and understand things maybe from their perspective. Um, and then I think um, uh, that helps with the process of, of um, yeah, just being both a, a better guest and a better host. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think that is a barrier. I was seeing just super practical, <laughs> like being too busy, you yeah. know, like I feel like we're just so busy and we just get so task oriented and this mm -hmm. is us for sure, you know, just like so many things to do and um, just so not having that flexible space to where you could just kind of spontaneously like get together with people. That's to me feels like a huge barrier both here and when we lived in, in America as well. And then maybe this is more for, for women, I don't know, uh, but like just that, that feeling like everything has to be perfect. Like I got to have all the perfect, you know, tableware, <laughs> perfect mm -hmm. bedding, put people in my home, I have, have to be all super clean and, you know, perfect children. Um, <laughs> and sometimes we, we want it to be that. And then that if we just keep putting off, like bringing people into our home because we're worried that it's not that perfect, uh, vision that we have maybe yeah i like what you just said is really fascinating to me is that we it's easy to have a vision of what of what shape hospitality should take and mm -hmm. almost and which almost can close off 
that just the posture itself, right? It, it, in, instead of seeing what shape it might take, it's, oh no, I know what it means to be hospitable. I know what it means to be welcoming and um, it needs to look this way. I feel that. I feel that, I mean, there's a, there is that, that sense of burden. And it's also encouraging to know that it exists for you also in, you know, in Vietnam, because I think of, and I think that that is true for Southern California. That's my specific context. It, it, there's time. Time seems like a massive, a massive mm-hmm. barrier. It's just so filled. Like, what are some of the, um, yeah, I guess, what are some of the practices that you guys have in place? Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking practically, um, I'm thinking also spiritually, like as you, cause the work that you've done kind of requires, it demands a lot of you and it demands a certain posture on an ongoing basis. I would imagine that there've been things you've, you've included in your life or you've practiced in your life that help sustain and nurture this idea of welcome and this wanting to, to be open. Um, but what are, so yeah, what are some of those practices, some of those things that you cultivate or have cultivated that help you lean into that practice? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, one of the things that, um, this is more on the practical side, not so much on the, on, on the, the, the spiritual practice, but um, just throughout the years, we, we've had people um, not just in our home, but we've had people actually live with us. <laughs> um, and so, um, and that's been a really, it's, it's been really um, rewarding. Uh, challenging as well, because uh, when you have when you're having people live with us, they get to see all your crap, um, and you know, and so uh, so there, you know, there it is uncomfortable, but you learn, you really get to know those people. So like the people that have lived in our in our home, we've had people that have moved to Vietnam and have lived with us temporarily until they found a, their own apartment or their own space, uh, and you know that's been for a few weeks at a time, even up to a year or so at a time. Um, and those people that have been in our home and lived with us, it's, it's been like, it just changes the relationship. It's this, this whole different dynamic in that relationship, uh, because they've been not just, they've sort of moved beyond the guest category. They've, they've, they've moved into the house. <laughs> so, right. uh, and so they, they've sort of entered, uh, been welcomed really into the family. And so, uh, so that dynamic has been really unique, um, and we've done that a few times over the years where we've had people living with us. So I think just meals, you know, I think always mm-hmm. just, just yeah. seemed like wrong to not have at least somebody over for a meal during the week. So mm-hmm. not like, not like morally <laughs> wrong, but I just mean like, just yeah. became like a normal thing. Like we enjoyed it. Um, and just, you know, even if you just feel like, Oh, it's just like one more thing. You just go, no, let's just do it. It'll be yeah. great. And then it's great, you know, and then you don't regret that you, you know, have that person yeah. over or just having like a regular kind of a weekly time like right now we sometimes it's been more just kind of like more flexible like whenever now it's mm-hmm. like oh, every Wednesday we have a group that gathers mm-hmm. for meal in our home mm-hmm. um that's been really yeah. kind of something we've always done yeah and I think meals are meals are one of those interesting things because I think they're they're practical we need to eat we eat right. with people we enjoy time together but I think there's something I think it's a, a spiritual practice as well. I think there's something deeply spiritual about eating food together um, mm-hmm. because um, yeah. And, and most cultures there's uh, food is, is a ritual. Um, it's, it's, it's uh, has a lot of symbol to it, the symbolism to it. Like in Kyrgyzstan um, having the bread at the table uh, bread was, was considered sacred. It was, wow. it was something that was, that was holy. And so you didn't, you didn't um, throw the bread around or, you know, leave it on the floor or, or anything like that. Uh, and then after the meal, you collected all the bread um, because there, there, there was this innate sense in most cultures that, that there's something deeply spiritual about having a meal together. Um, and so for us, we've, we've really tried to, to do that, I think, over the years to have people at our table uh, on a regular basis um, and it's been not only just a, a great time of community, but it's, you just sense that there's something, some kind of connection with God that's taking place. Um, 
And it is interesting that one of the things that Jesus had us do to remember is to have a meal together uh, where we break bread. Uh, and it wasn't just a little, you know, wafer and a, and a little shot glass of, of juice. It was oh, a spread, you know, no it, was, way. it was the Passover, you know? <laughs> so, and so, uh, and so just that idea of having a meal together um, is, is something so deeply significant that Jesus said, I want you to do this to remember me. So, yeah. And even, you know, like having the meals too, I think I used to always want to like control the conversation, like make mm. sure it really gets to be significant, gets to be, you know, mm. kind of make it spiritual. And I realized over time, like we just need to pray and let the Holy Spirit lead and let conversations meander and let them, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, there is a place for, of course, being intentional and, and listening to the spirit and speaking into different things that are conversations happening. But I, I really find that that is just a really mm -hmm. neat way to draw people out and hear what, you know, mm -hmm. what is going on with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Do you think that's, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, and it also just like kind of more of the spiritual standpoint too, is just like reflecting a lot on the fact that God exists in, in the Trinity, you know, there's the, mm -hmm. the trying nature of God that, that, that he exists that way, that that love is just um, constantly flowing between, you know, the three and one. And that's really what, mm -hmm. what motivates us with people here too, is that kind of picture. That's right. Yeah, uh, that like even being hospitable in the, in the way that, that you, participate in conversation is something that really clicked with me when you were saying that like it's so easy to just again it, it's in that vision I have a vision of what hospitality yeah. looks like I have a vision of what's supposed to happen and <laughs> yeah and it's it's um and it just goes back to that sense of time like if you it just takes time right like you, you just have you have you have meals and, and you talk and you hear each other's hearts and, and, and it kind of leads in different places. And, and um, I think that needs to be supported by a real sense of what God is up to and what God is, is, is doing and that God is working um, to reveal himself in, in the way that he's choosing to do that um, through people, through others. And um, so I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, Time is, you, you mentioned time. Um, I think that's a hard thing for us Americans uh, because we are very time oriented. Um, and, uh, and to set aside a space of time where you're not gonna be purposeful about it in the sense of, or you're not gonna be efficient about it, maybe is a better word, a purposeful, um, maybe is not the best word, but um, it's difficult for us as Americans to set aside a, 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 a chunk of time because we use all these metaphors for time and, 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 and English time is money, you know, time is mm -hmm. valuable. Uh, time is this commodity. Um, it's, it's this transaction, you know? And so for us, uh, you know, we don't want to waste time. We want to save time. Um, and so, uh, we've just been ingrained with this idea that, that, that time is this commodity that we have to manage. Um, and yet when we are putting ourselves in a, in a, a place of hospitality, um, you can't manage that time. Mm -hmm. you, you have to let go of the time uh, and you just have to let the time be, you know? And that's, I think, really hard. I mean, especially for us when we, when we first moved to uh, Central Asia and then Southeast Asia, um, Time is very different. And we have a phrase in, in, in Vietnamese where they talk about elastic time, that time stretches. So, so everybody's got plenty of time. Uh, time's not a, not a, a, a limited resource uh, in Asia. Uh, and so that, that was unnerving for us because we're like, when is this going to be done? I've got the next right. thing I got to go to. Uh, and so, yeah, so I think time is, uh, is just another one of those hard things for us uh, in the West. Well, and I think too, I was thinking about like the difference. I think one of the things we were thinking about was the difference between 
hospitality here versus in um, in North America, I was like, we would, we love entertainment. So we like mm -hmm. to do stuff together, like to play games. We like to watch stuff together. Nothing wrong with that, but like mm -hmm. we, but we feel uncomfortable. I think it's harder for us just to like, like what you said, just let the time be like, just mm -hmm. like conversations happen that takes more practice for us, you know, mm -hmm. especially when you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation with people that are very different from you. And you're just going to let that be, you know, without, you know, filling the space with, you know, game or something. Mm -hmm. It's, Hard. Yeah. So as you think about kind of my context, North America, and given and some of the things that God has shown you, revealed to you, taught you um, in your experiences, I mean, what, and it seems like you had, you did have a word for us regarding time, but what are some other things that you have thought about or you see for us that maybe some encouragements, like what are some some things we might do? What are some steps we might take to really lean into this practice and posture of hospitality of, of, of being open with our lives, with our, with our space, with our time? I mean, do you have any, I don't know, words for us, perhaps like just even some encouragement of, of, okay, take this risk or try this, or I don't know, you may not, but I just thought I'd love to hear if you do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to come back to the idea of being hosted, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think, like, that's the thing. Like, who, like it's it's com somewhat comfortable maybe to bring people into our home, into our space. We can control it a little bit. But consider, like, that a first step to, like, okay, now it's going to be reciprocal. So now I'm going to look for a way to get myself. So how you got to get, get yourself invited into their life and what they're doing. And um, I'm not saying like, oh, can I come over, you know, like sat that direct, but like, but really considering how can I get included into what they're doing? And especially if it's something that someone who's very much outside of your normal circles of mm -hmm. who you tend to spend time with and just even being intentional about that, you know, I'm sure, you know, if you prayed <laughs> that God would bring you people like right. that that are maybe outside of your normal um circles mm -hmm. so first step is the easy first step is like oh hey come into my home or come into what i have going on but then mm -hmm. it's like well now what's that next step to like how can i get you know into their life more um right. yeah and i think and this is um uh more with our current environment and in, in, in america right now too with just this polarization that's that's happening within our culture um we're, it, it feels like, I don't know, we're, we're, we're the outsiders looking in because we haven't lived in the States for uh, over 20 years, but from outsiders looking in, we're, we're seeing this, this sort of division taking place where people are, are, are closing themselves off to, um, uh, to the other, uh, because you have a different political view than I do. You have a different, um, you know, uh, cultural experience than I have. Uh, and so, uh, because of that, uh, I'm, I, I feel like I need to protect. I feel like, like I need to sort of circle the wagons around uh, because what I have is valuable. And, um, and so I'm afraid that if I let you in, uh, then things are going to change. And, I, and I, I'm, I, I don't want that change to happen. Uh, and, and maybe because the change I feel is like so important. Um, but I feel like we're going to, American culture is going to lose a lot um, mm -hmm. if we can if we continue down this path of of circling the wagons and closing ourselves off and become um, you know in these um, socio political silos um, you mm -hmm. know as a conservative or a liberal or an independent or whatever you call yourself mm -hmm. um, just not being able to cross the aisle any longer mm -hmm. you know and and talk to somebody and listen to them uh and uh and be okay with not agreeing with everything you know that that, that mm -hmm. you you know it just it just really bothers me a lot that there's a lot of families right now that that can't even have conversations with their own relatives mm -hmm. because of political issues you know um and so i think that's a that's a big challenge for the this the the us is to 
figure out how we're going to have different political views. How are we going to welcome each other in spite of that? You know, how are we going to allow each other to get into each other's space if we have these big differences? I mean, we, we had to do that because we were moving from, you know, uh, white American Christian into a, you know, Central Asian Uzbek Muslim Mahala uh, mm. with, uh, you know, a mosque right across the street from us. Um, oh, wow. We didn't have the luxury of like closing ourselves off and saying, well, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, uh, if you have this Muslim faith, that's so much different than our faith. Uh, we, we can't have you and, uh, you know, indoctrinating our children or indoctrinating mm. our space or whatever. Um, we just, if we, if we walled ourselves off, there wouldn't be anybody to talk to <laughs> at right. that point. So, yeah. um, so I think that's, that's a challenge and I don't know what the answer is. Um, mm-hmm. I just see it as, as the, the longer that we've been a, a, a away, the more that we've seen that polarization getting more cute. So. Mm. Yeah. I think it connects to, I mean, that the word fear you just used uh, certainly is there. I and, and I think that would be a good exercise for, I mean, anybody and everybody to think like, what am I, you know, what am I afraid of? Uh, but then also it connects with something you said earlier about this idea of suspending. And I love that word, right? Suspending yeah. your, whatever it might be like your worldview, the way that you, the way that you think about things, um, your long held beliefs about whatever. Um, and I think that that's, there's some real, that's hard to do. And, and I think, and I think that it goes to that, why I think it's hard to suspend um, is because you, there's a fear. And I think I have it. Like I'm afraid, well, if I do suspend, I might be changed or I might be, you know, I might recognize or come to learn that things that I had felt so strongly about, I'm, I'm actually unsure of, you know, and I, I don't know. I wonder if some of that is there. Yeah. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a founded, uh, well-founded fear because you will change. <laughs> yeah. When you do open yourselves up to other people, then you will re- realize that maybe some things that you held tightly in your fist you didn't need to maybe hold as tightly as you thought you did. Um, because when you opened your fist, they didn't fly away in the wind, you know, mm. uh, they were still there. Um, and, but they were changed and you were changed as a result of it. So, so I think it's, you know, the, the fear is real, but, um, but it's, it's, it, it's real in the sense that we will change, but um, we don't, I think we don't need to fear change as much as, as we fear it as well. So, hmm. yeah. So one thing that came to mind that I, I wanted to bring up, it's not so much a question, just something, it's an observation. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think why it's, why even you came to mind as I was thinking about hospitality. So when you were here for that, that year, and mm-hmm. I was in uh, kind of responsible for in charge of action company, uh, had the privilege of coming to over to your house, for a meal, um, I think on more than one occasion. And one of the things that was always so astounding to me and getting to know really Colin and Evan, I think the most uh, during that time, um, was how given your lives and how God has shaped you, just how your home and your family, they kind of exude that sense of welcome. and and. And I, and I love that because, um, I don't know, it just means it shows something, it tells me something that there's a, there's just a way of being on a daily basis, right. That, that can be kind of caught by those around you and by those closest to you. And, and, and I, I was thinking about Evan in particular and how he just wasn't a stranger in your family and, and how, um, in particular Colin, cause just, and, and watching him interact with Evan, um, it's just amazing to me. I don't know. I, I feel like, I guess that's, those are just some words of encouragement to you and to the, to the ways that I think God has, God has shaped you. But it's, yeah, I, I, I see you have, having fostered just that within the family. And that's not, that's not going overseas to be, uh, you know, hospitable or embodying God's welcome. That's like, that's a day-to-day, wherever you might be, 
um, posture of welcome with each other, with one another, and with those, the strangers closest to you, right? The strangers that are, that, that you see every day that, that are down the hall in a different room. And, and, um, so I, I'm just, yeah, I'm grateful to have been part of that and to witness that with you both. Thank you. That was a really special, that was a really special year because, and part of it was the the action company and the embody groups, you know, that really welcomed our kids in, you know, Mm -hmm. it's really, really challenging for young people like that grow up in a country that's not their parents' country and then try to re-enter into that country and back into that culture. Mm -hmm. It's just, they face different interesting challenges. Um, yeah, so I, I really appreciate that encouragement. I hope, and that's been probably, if I'm honest, that's probably a big challenge for them is for them finding community back mm-hmm. into trying to, you know, transition into um, their parents' culture and, and find the community they were used to, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it's been good. God's mm-hmm. been, been meeting their needs and, um, and I think part of it is that they, they look for it too. So that's, you know, so that's good. Yeah. I think too, um, whenever we come back to the States, it's um, in some senses it feels like home, but we don't have a home in the States. Um, we're always like bumping around from house to house and, you know, find trying to find temporary housing, uh, trying to borrow cars or rent cars. Thank <laughs> you. Just, all <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so it's this really interesting thing every time we go back to the States, because in a sense, we're coming home to our home culture, but we're coming home as guests. Mm-hmm. You know, every single time we come back, we always have to come back as a guest uh, and we always have to uh, depend on other people's generosity. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it gets sometimes tiring <laughs> to right. do that, you know, to, to come back and, and have to be the guest all the time, you know? Um, and so you know, we, so that's why when we did have that extended time, we did want to have people in our home uh, because we felt like, oh, finally we can actually put some pictures on the wall and we can invite some people over for dinner. And so those times were really special for us um, because we, we don't often get to host when we're back in the States. And so, so that was a unique time for us. Well, I'm grateful. Yeah. To have been the recipient of it. And, um, and I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. So for your kids, right? Like coming, like feeling like strangers in a place where the majority of people look like them. Like that would be, that's like, I want to have this conversation with all of them and, uh, and what, what, what being a stranger is like for them. And then that sense, what you just described is like that idea of dependence that, and being continually dependent on others can, I think, well, it's unnerving. It's exhausting. It, it, brings up a lot of our, you know, probably what is happening under the surface in our own hearts and minds that we're not even aware of all the time. Um, So before, I guess the last thing I do want to ask is how, you know, given what God has been up to in your lives and, and with simple coffee and Imago work, like how can, how can we be praying for you? How can we be, be with you in that? Mm -hmm. Share about Imago. Well, I think like our, big vision for, you know, why would you even have a coffee shop? Why would you even have a, oh, come say hi, Evan. We got a special guest here that's going to pop in and say hi real quick. Hey, Evan. Hello. Good to see you, man. Hi, yep. You want to say hi to everybody in Long Beach? This is people huh? from the Long Beach church. Everybody church in Long Beach. Beach. You want to say hi? Oh, yeah. Um, hello. Hello. Do you Evan, we're so, oh, yeah, I was going to say that. Do you remember Action Company? <laughs> but he's making the connections. <laughs> he just looks older now. Oh, uh, okay. Like, you know, like 10 years older. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that I was going to tell Evan that we're been so, it's been so cool to know about the work that, that you're doing and, and, um, and yeah. supporting <laughs> that. So. It's so cool that he's <laughs> Yes, yeah. gotta walk See ya. Bye, Evan. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Anyways, um, oh yeah, I was just saying, like, why have a coffee shop? Why do vocational training for you know young people to 
get them into workplaces. I mean, ultimately it's for spiritual transformation. Like we want to mm-hmm. see, I mean, we just want to see God grow spiritual communities here in a place that has traditionally for thousands of years been very resistant to that. Um, mm-hmm. um, but how that happens, it just feels very mysterious. Um, <laughs> but um, I do think one thing that we're trying to work on is with our young, I was saying if I trainees between the age of 15 and 29, we're kind of developing um, like a peer mentor mm-hmm. um, system where we're connecting them with young Vietnamese believers um, to spend time with them and looking for ways to allow them to be a part of what are kind of typical like kind of so church here happens in very small groups kind of house churches um, quite quite small Um, and so you know I mean you think about just church in general is not where we often tend to see people with disabilities, especially intellectual disabilities, but we really want to see that become kind of like normal for Mm -hmm. the young Vietnamese believers here. So um, I think that's just something to pray for. We already have a Mm -hmm. handful that are um, really reaching out to our students and spending time with them. And so I really hope that that will, yeah, kind of be something that can grow more Mm -hmm. fruit. Yeah. I mean, just personally, yeah, just pray for our family. We're separated from our adult children who are uh, in California. And um, it's just a, such a weird time. I mean, they're having a completely different experience with um, the season of the coronavirus and all the other different yeah. things happening around the world, but specifically in the U.S. So they have their experience. And then we're living in Vietnam, which is kind of just crazy but it happens to be one of the places that is has not been very severely affected so life's just kind of been normal for us you know so mm-hmm. we're just trying to help them navigate you know mm-hmm. their situation um yeah so i guess just pray for for that pray for them to just for god to grow them through this time mm-hmm. right you know it's such a hard time we all are growing through it right so, yeah, for simple, um, simple coffee, we're, um, we've had the coffee shop up and going for about two years now, um, just a little bit over two years, and uh, we've really become known as sort of this neighborhood coffee shop, um, and people come and hang out quite, a, uh, quite often there. Uh, sort of on the backside of the, the business, we, we do a lot of partnerships with local nonprofit organizations, both Christian ones and non-Christian ones. Uh, we just want to be involved in people that are doing uh, good in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, we've been partnering with an organization called Blue Dragon uh, that's working with people that are um, sort of on the margins. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that introduced us to our first um, um, employee with a disability, um, mm-hmm. Wong, who's been with mm-hmm. our team for almost uh, the whole time that we've been open. He started with us a few months after. Um, we uh, work with another uh, partner with another organization called Keep Hanoi Clean. That's just uh, an environmental organization that's trying to do things to make our city a cleaner city. Uh, mm-hmm. So we participate with them with a lot of stuff. Um, we uh, are just getting started in a, a new relationship with another social enterprise called um, Kodo, which mm-hmm. does uh, also vocational training. So it's a very kindred spirit uh, to us. Uh, they're doing vocational train, training with uh, young people that are at risk. Uh, wow. So not necessarily people with disabilities, but young people that are, that are um, just sort of at risk living in a big city um, mm-hmm. and providing job training for them and helping them get into places where they can have a safe place to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you can just continue to pray for those partnerships. We, we, when, when, whenever we enter into those partnerships, we don't really have an idea of where it's going to go. We just, we just feel like, Oh, this, these people are doing really good stuff and we want to be connected with them um, and what they're doing. So, um, so part of that is, uh, is supplying coffee. So we do a lot of um, supplying coffee to uh, some of our local nonprofit organizations so that they can generate income uh, Mm -hmm. for the work that they're doing. Um, and that's led to sort of an increase in coffee production. And we're, we're actually just put the down payment on a large scale roasting machine. And we're going to okay. be uh, 
ramping up our roasting capacity. Uh, so basically um, going from a, a small batch roaster to a, a big batch roaster. Oh, and, wow. and so that'll really help us not only with our uh, connections with some of the nonprofit organizations that we're working with, uh, but it also provides some more opportunities for our Imago work trainees mm. uh, to be involved not only in the coffee shop and understand how to work in a coffee shop, but also on the back end, uh, being able to be involved in some of the production of coffee. So, oh, wow. um, so we'll have the, the, the production facility will be in the same building that we're in. Uh, and it'll be literally right next door to the Imago training room. And so it'll be a really convenient space for some of our students to come over and learn about the production side of coffee. So, so we're excited about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> exciting. Well, we will be, um, yeah, we will be praying for you uh, as as a church, and and so grateful for yeah, just for the work that you're doing, and to hear how God is how God is continuing to 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 build into what um, and the vision, right? Build into the vision that He's given He's given you and your team, um, and uh, yeah. I'm just, thank you for this time. Thank you for being willing to, to, to chat. Um, I know it's on the later end for you, so I'm sure that you're exhausted, but um, I think that this, that this time will be an encouragement. And it's just great to hear from others who um, embody God's welcome, what, what shape it takes in their life. So um, thanks, to, thanks to you, Mike and Michelle, and, and for the space. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. Yeah, thank you so much. And hi to everyone hey, in Long Beach. <laughs> come visit us. Yeah, as soon today as you can travel you. again, come visit us. We have a spare guest room yes. uh, right behind us, right back there. So nice. You're all <laughs> open invitation. Yes. yes. <laughs>